0: everyone and welcome to episode five of the after sunday discussion thank you so much for tuning in before we go on with our discussion i just want to say to each and every listener thank you and you can check out more of our stuff at e43collective.com we are the e43 collective putting together resources in order to build up and encourage churches around the globe seeking to unify us within our local communities and around the world We have another podcast that's dedicated to ministry called Raking Colds, and we have a blog that we try to post things on regularly. But due to me being sick, we've gotten a little bit behind on that in extra busy schedules, but we will be updating that more and more soon. So we want to thank you guys for listening today and checking out e43collective.com. And today we are having our fifth episode of the After Sunday Discussion. I am Cody Haggard, one of your hosts. And joining me is Josh Fousey. How are you doing today, Josh? I am doing well. And today we are going to be beginning the After Sunday discussion with a little bit of a review of the week so far. We are in the midst of the Polar Vortex 2019, as it has been marked by many news outlets. And it's gotten pretty cold here in the Northeast Ohio area. Josh, have you had any anything bad happen to you because it's been so cold?
1: Uh, I don't th- Okay, not because it's been so cold, but so where I work, we have the ability to telework, uh, and because the temperatures at the at so for people who
0: aren't smart like me, telework I think means work from home. Yes, am I
1: correct? Yes. Work remotely somewhere else other than your office, which is it's a nice benefit of the the job Um, because and I was really looking forward to it because our building is the last building before the lake. (laughs) (laughs) And in the winter, normally the wind is like negative 15 degrees because you're getting 40 mile an hour wind gusts off that lake, off of Lake Erie. And. So they said okay The the high for the day I think was like Negative two I was like okay I'm going to work from home I'm not going to have to go to the office I'm not going to have to deal with any of that And they told us don't come in If you have a computer And you can telework do not come in Wake up in the morning Go to turn on my computer I get the splash screen For the brand of the computer And then it's a black screen, top left corner just says fan error. And then it turns off. I'm like, try it again, doesn't work. Try it again, does not work. Called call tech support. They go, Well, there's nothing we could do over the phone, so you gotta go to the office. I was just like, What? <laughs> and they said, they said, Go to the office, someone there will fix it for you. I said, It's the wind chill coming off the lake is negative 40 degrees. And his response was, I'm in Utah. I could care less. This is what they told us to tell you. (laughs) So I drive all the way to downtown Cleveland. I park, walk through downtown. It was cold. (laughs) Get to the office. There were so many people there. It's like, guys, did you? We wanted to come in. Okay. Come to find out, nobody from IT decided to come in, so nobody was there to fix my computer. <laughs> it was just like, uh, so I had to go back today, and I finally. I, it took them. They picked it up at six a.m. They had an. They ended up just giving me a new computer. And transferring the files, and they didn't get it to me until four. So my, <laughs> but like with my job. If you don't have your computer, you can't do your job. So I was literally, I, I've, I read, I talked to coworkers. I walked around the building for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to complain about that, but uh, it was cold. It was cold up by the lake. Didn't matter how many layers you had on, you felt it.
0: Oh, yeah. When it gets that cold, there's not much you can do. I know for me, I, I was not fortunate enough to even have the option to stay home from work. But here's the, here's the reality. I am a 28-year-old grown man, but when I start seeing those school closings, I'm like, could it get bad enough that we might shut down work for a day? Because it's exciting, right, when you have a day off of work. Like, I get excited about holidays, right, because you look forward, it's like, oh yes, a day where I don't have to go into work and then a short week following, it's just fun, right? Everybody likes everyone likes having time off. Everyone likes their vacation, everyone likes a day off. <coughs> so it does, man. It goes through my mind, I'm like, Could it could it be cold enough that we might shut down? And it wasn't quite cold enough either day. Now I know in other states they were having like state of emergency type of stuff and they were shutting down everything. But where we're at, it wasn't quite that cold, or we're just—you know—Ohio's just tougher. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it was not as cold as areas over in Chicago and Wisconsin, where it was—you know—getting in the negative 60s wind chill, which is really cold. But it was—it's one of those phenomena, right, where you you walk outside, in—it's almost like the cold weather has these massive arms and it like wraps around you you walk out your front door and you're just wrapped in cold you feel your pants like solid cold on your legs and your coat starting to get cold it's it's pretty crazy it's intense and I know we were talking about last after Sunday discussion as we kind of went through the snowstorm stuff how looking out at the snow and it was beautiful I gotta be honest there was nothing beautiful about being out in the freezing cold. Have I ever talked to you about my hibernation theory, Josh?
1: Yes, you have. You love that this is we've had this conversation what four times in the past month about hibernation.
0: So I am I am I'm sticking to this, that I fully think we as human beings, we we have it all wrong. See, all the rest of nature has the right idea. That, hey, winter comes, it gets cold, it gets awful. We're we're shutting it down, we're cutting it back. We as people, no way, man. Nothing's gonna stop us. Negative sixty degree wind chill, that's not gonna stop us, we're gonna keep going. And and I think we're gonna we're gonna get to heaven one day, we're gonna talk to God, and he's gonna be like, Guys, what? Why'd you miss out on the winter hibernation? And I'm going to be up there like, hibernation theory, everyone. Come on now.
1: (laughs) Talking about not stopping, it was an eerie thing yesterday. Because I was – downtown Cleveland normally has people walking on the streets. It's a metropolitan area. Um, A lot of activity, especially in downtown proper. And every parking lot was full, but there was not a soul – Anywhere there were no cars on the street. There was nobody walking. It was just it kind of felt like like a a cold edition of I Am Legend with like Will Smith walking around New York City and you're just like instead of like jungle it's like snow.
0: <laughs> so I saw this meme on the internet. It was the poster, the movie poster for day after tomorrow. And someone just took like a black marker and crossed out day after <laughs> <laughs> it just it killed me man it killed me. it was so funny uh but, but yeah it's cold
1: it's cold and and s- the other thing i noticed was so i was on the freeway and the troopers were out and they were giving tickets <laughs> <laughs> there's state ohio state troopers out and giving tickets like normal and if you live in ohio you get pulled over by one of them you are getting a ticket there's no way out of it there's no warning you're getting a ticket and i'm just going to say if you guys are working frontline law enforcement medical services props to you guys thank you for doing your job um firefighters emts police officers even down to the road crews i mean you guys are awesome you guys made sure that the world still moved when it was that cold and a lot of people were at home, warm in, in their blankets and in, next to their space heaters, and you guys were out and on the road doing your job, so thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, I don't know if you heard about this, Josh, but I can't remember if it's the governor of Kentucky or a representative Oh, who said that Kentucky. we're
1: getting soft because we were canceling school? <laughs> it's negative 33 degree wind chills. You're going to make a kid stand out on the corner for the bus?
0: <laughs> My wife was telling me about it yesterday, and I was like... He seriously said that, and I understand you know I'm all about toughness you know we talked last week about masculinity right and, and how I think that soft soft men are a problem. I even think like as a, as a woman you know, you're not meant to be soft I think that uh, there's there's a level of toughness that we as humans should have, but there's a difference between being tough and being stupid and and going out and walking to school when it is negative. 50, negative 30 to negative 50 degrees when it's wind chill is just dangerous. <laughs> so, so I don't know if that was, that wasn't a really good take there.
1: <laughs> and there was also a governor from a state that was, what's the their average lowest temperature is like what, 20 or something like that. It doesn't get as cold down there as it does up here. But yeah, I thought that was a little ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's trying to be like a little bit too tough. I'm curious. I'm curious what Governor of Kentucky was doing that day when it was super cold. Like, I I just want to see a picture of him out in his, his tank top and his his bibs shoveling his driveway or something. <laughs> uh,
1: did you see the pictures of, of the ice out a couple counties over? Um, just developed because of the cold weather. No, I didn't. give me a second. I'm gonna pull this up. Uh, Fox Fox put it on Facebook, and I know Cleveland.com has the pictures on it too.
0: Uh. So Josh is going to show me some pictures of some ice, and this is a, an audio podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I realize that. But we will give you guys the link to check out these these pictures, or at least tell you the website. You said you you're looking on Fox, and then uh, right here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's these pictures of this ice that developed on what, what are these?
1: So, so the big structure, cause this is a fishing pier I grew up on. We, my dad and I would go fish this every summer, every weekend in the summer for years. So there's a, there's a observation tower kind of platform thing on top of the pier with a big green light. And then you just have a light post and it's, it's pretty ridiculous to look at the ice.
0: Yeah, that is pretty crazy. And the title of the um, the title of the article here is is uh, it's on Fox News. It says, "Incredible! An Ohio photographer captured these stunning images of a Lake Erie pier encased in ice." So if you guys just search that on Google, I'm sure you'll find it right away. There's some pretty cool pictures of these. Um, and, Structure and it's, is just covered in ice, and and this is yes, yes, it was terrible being out in the cold, but this this is a beauty, this is a wonder of yeah. nature,
1: this is really cool. And as someone who loves photography, I would yeah. have never taken my equipment on that pier because it is it is high, <laughs> it's really I, when it's dry in the summer, it's easy to fall off of, and the entire thing is caked in ice. I'm like that photographer has some cojones because I would not be the person wandering out there.
0: Yeah, but those are like once in a lifetime opportunity yeah, photos. Those that's are,
1: true. Those are really cool. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I saw those. I'm like, oh, I gotta send these to my dad because he's gonna absolutely love this.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So guys, check head on over to Fox 8 News in Cleveland and, and check out uh, the once in a lifetime photos of the ice. Uh, So before we started our our podcast recording of the After Sunday discussion, Josh and I decided that this is going to be somewhat of a random episode. So we're going to be talking about a lot of Random things kind of going on throughout the week and, and going on in our lives But before we get too far into that We do want to take a moment We did plan a snack review for today And we got the snack and Well Josh picked up the snack And we ate the snack And we're going to talk about the snack And the snack is from the one and only Little Debbie And the one and only Oatmeal Cream Pies Josh, tell me your take on these oatmeal cream pies. And why don't you give us the history of them? You, you gave me a little history lesson on these so things I didn't apparently,
1: know. Apparently, the oatmeal cream pie is what made Little Debbie's into the monster company that it is. And it's actually still a family-owned bakery, and it is the largest family-owned bakery in the United States. Um, and Little Debbie is actually she's now the CEO of the company like her grandfather was the one who started it and you he 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 had a picture of his daughter of his granddaughter on her desk and said that's that's what we're gonna go with and now she's running it which is kind of little Debbie's a real person unlike was Betty Crocker Betty Crocker's not a real person I didn't think she was yeah Oh, but well. anyway, these things, in my opinion, are addictive. We had a box of 12, and we have four left.
0: <laughs> I personally had three. and I might
1: have eaten a lot. Um, these things are classic. They are classic, and they are terrible for you. Actually, they're not that. Uh, one cookie is 170 calories, 60 of which are from fat. And there are 12 grams of sugar at each. <laughs> so, Surprisingly, not that bad.
0: So here's the deal. Here's what everyone knows. If you pick up a product and it's in that aisle with Little Debbie and Hostess, everyone knows they're not getting a healthy snack. So guys, if That's you're true. purchasing these and you're thinking you're buying a healthy snack, someone told you a really bad lie a long yeah. time ago.
1: We did have the Reese eggs though. <clears throat> oh yeah, we did each have a Reese egg. Those were good. I think they're better than actual Reese cups. They are. Yeah. I think I think the the less chocolate the be- the more peanut butter makes them better. I don't know what it is. They just taste better
0: I they, they like, do. They the, do. The the
1: christmas trees taste good too.
0: Yeah, the christmas trees are good. All the specialty kinds are the good. The other thing that we
1: had was that coffee you picked up. Yeah. And it was what pistachio.
0: Pistachio flavored coffee. But before we get into the coffee because I I caught Josh, he's a little I,
1: amped on the coffee. Josh
0: actually. and I are coffee guys. We love we love coffee. Josh has drank coffee for longer than I have, but but I love it. Uh, I do want to talk about the oatmeal cream pies. Th- these things are a classic. They, these things, I gotta be honest, these will never get old. These are just good. They're delicious. I like these. I like the extra large ones. you ever had the extra large ones.
1: There are extra large oh, ones. Oh <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. They're about twice the size. Those are those are equally delicious. Uh, so, De- little I Debbie, just... you just you make some of the best treats and keep that family-owned bakery going strong. And we know that it's not a healthy snack, but man, does it bring a smile to my face. Thank you so much, little Debbie and the McKee family for making some of the most delicious sweets <laughs> on the planet. I'm Although sorry, I will I, say, my wife made homemade chocolate chip cookies last night, and ho-ho. Oh, <laughs> sorry, little Debbie, you can't touch those. Those were amazing. Thank you, Hoz. Those were incredible. I loved them.
1: You didn't bring me any. Let's see how it is. I didn't think about it. There's a ton. I <laughs> should have definitely brought you some. I will say, every time I'm, I'm eating another one of these right now. Um, I can, I can feel the sugar. Like that's how. It was. <laughs> anyway. So what was your opinion on that coffee we picked up? Because I have a strong one.
0: (laughs) We got this coffee. It was pistachio flavored. Now, here's the first mistake. I don't really live that close to a coffee shop, and I didn't really feel like making coffee and then coming up uh, to where we're recording and and, making a pot of coffee. It just felt like it was too much. It would have been a waste. So I decided I'll just, I'll just pick up a cup of coffee for each of us, and the closest place for me to stop was, was a gas station. And this gas station, I think, for for a gas station, has decent, decent coffee. Get-Go has decent coffee. Um, but at the same time, it is still a gas station. They're not focusing
1: too much on having solid coffee. Mm, but they do do, like, made-to-order specialty drinks, and those are actually decent.
0: Yeah, they're, they're trying to do, I mean, the whole gas station convenience store thing is changing, and I think they're trying to compete with, like, a fast food restaurant, and they're, they're doing a, a better job. But this pistachio-flavored coffee, I was like, I have never seen pistachio-flavored coffee before. I have to buy it. And so I buy it, and, and to me, it smelled, it smelled like good and bad. Like, I would smell it at, at a certain time, and I'd be like, oh, that's a good smell. And then I'd smell it a few seconds later, but like, that doesn't really smell very good. And the coffee was medium roast, and it had this this strong smell to it, and you smell it, and the aroma was kind of driving the coffee. Like, you could smell it, but then it had no flavor. It kind of just tasted like it just kind of <laughs> tasted like bland. I, I wasn't into the flavor but the aroma was really strong and maybe it's because the aroma was so strong I was missing out on the flavor. Josh does not agree with me he thinks the flavor was strong and he obviously doesn't like it but I will I will not be getting any more pistachio coffee. I'm gonna stick Thank with my dark you.
1: roast. <clears throat> I just number one I was not told it was pistachio coffee before I started drinking it like i t- I, I took the first sip I'm like, this tastes different. <laughs> And not in a good way. Like, no offense to you. I thank you for the coffee. I will drink coffee, but I didn't smell it. I didn't think it had an aroma. It had a pun like it was a bitter tasting coffee and it was the flavor was it did not taste like pistachios, I will say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't taste like anything like pistachios.
1: I was I was and then you said it was pistachio coffee and, and I'm just going to be honest. In my brain, I was just like, why didn't he just get himself the pistachio coffee and get me the normal dark roast that we always get?
0: So anyway, I I intentionally got it because I thought it would be a good talking point for today. I was like, pistachio coffee? Well, this would definitely be a good talking point. And the, the reality is, if you are a coffee drinker and you like coffee and you like flavored coffee, I would love to hear from you because i don't know anybody who actually likes flavored coffee my mother
1: really my mother loves hazelnut flavored coffee will she drink
0: it black though yes interesting because for me i like everyone, you like that hazelnut creamer that they have which is different uh hazelnut coffee i do i do like Brugger's bagels hazelnut coffee is good black is good but most hazelnut coffee i don't like um, but i like Brugger's. But I do from time to time. I probably get like coffee with creamer maybe like once a month. So every once in a while I'll be like, some
1: creamer in there, some I hazelnut. I like that stuff because I love the smell. I can't do creamer. I have to do, I can't stand it. So for me, it's very much, I'm having black coffee. I can't do flavored coffee. It's not my thing. It is weird. It, it is a weird thing.
0: And I don't know many people who like flavored coffee. If you are a flavored coffee lover, fill out a contact form on e43collective.com and just simply put in the subject, like, flavored coffee, and just tell us yes or no. I'd love to know. <laughs> I would really love to know. Or check us out on Facebook right. and, and let us know. We, we have a Facebook page, the E43 Collective. Would love to know if there's any people out there who love flavored coffee and anybody who's listening to this podcast who loves flavored coffee.
1: You know what I'm st- I started to do recently? I started buying whole bean. I started grinding it up myself and primarily French press. And oh my goodness, it completely changed coffee for me. I like French press. Oh yeah. But like actually like grinding the beans down right then and there right before you're about it actually adds more flavor and aroma, I think. You are pro- probably right. I
0: know that I know that they um they recommend doing that for yeah. the best for the best flavor of your the only reason
1: The only reason we do it now at my house, is, or I do that at my house, is my mom will, up to recently, she's not allowed to have coffee anymore. So that's a long story. But uh, but she would she would make a pot of hazelnut coffee. I just can't stand that stuff. So I would just make my coffee, and I would have, like, separate beans over here in the closet with the grinder and the French press, and i just make my two cups of coffee, and I'm done. Nice. <laughs> but, uh... No, there, you know what I've just found? Uh, there's a company locally. It's called Cleveland Co- Coffee Company. They make a dark roast or a French roast. It's actually really, really good. It's like a nice, like, solid flavor where it's not too pungent. Like, like Brugger's has a really pungent French roast. Never tried it. Okay. Where it's like the flavor is really strong and it kind of is a little overwhelming. Where this is, it's a dark roast, it's a French roast, but it's it's strong enough that you can appreciate it but not too strong where you're like you really notice it okay if that makes sense
0: yeah that's the kind of coffee i like though i think some dark roasts they get a little bit too strong in their taste I, f- for me personally whenever i get starbucks coffee from the shop i i find that i have that taste in my mouth for like the rest of the day if i get they dark burn roast. Their coffee though like, if i get dark roast it, it stays with me for the rest of the day so i stick with medium roast from from okay from starbucks
1: okay
0: but yeah coffee lover don't like flavored coffee if you're a flavored coffee lover facebook or contact form love to hear from you <laughs> but it's 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 been a pretty uneventful week because it's it's consisted of especially the last two days with it being so cold and then the day before in preparation for cold we've pretty much uh, for me, I've gone to work, I've come home, I've like wrapped up in warmness, and that's been, that's been the days for me, so we haven't really done much. But something that, came, that, that that happened this week, and I was alluding to Josh about this, was a video game came out. It's called Kingdom Hearts 3. It came out on Tuesday and I was telling Josh about these games. Now Josh, you've never played these games. No. Do you know the premise of these games?
1: Isn't it an RPG, somewhat like um, Final Fantasy?
0: Yeah, it's an RPG game made by the same company who makes Final
1: Fantasy, and it's Disney based.
0: Yes, yes. So, so here's what happened: is back in 2002, a game came out called Kingdom Hearts, and it was it took all the Final Fantasy universe and the Disney universes and like mashed them together and made this video game that everyone was like, "What is what? 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 I don't understand." But uh, in 2002, I was like in fifth or sixth grade when this game came out. Growing up, I was really into the Final Fantasy games. So so back then, it wasn't really cool to be a nerd. So I was like a closet nerd. And, I, you know, I played sports. I was cool. I ran with the cool crowd. And I had a friend in elementary school who was also a closet nerd. And we were like closet nerds together because uh, we both were into like the the final fantasy games and uh we really <laughs> liked sorry josh is josh is making a funny face at me right now so i'm stumbling over i'm trying to words. guess who
1: this person is <laughs>
0: uh uh, I'll, I'll tell you after the podcast uh, we don't like to put people's names on the podcast who we don't have per- permission to use on the podcast that's why I haven't said his name but anyway we were we were fr- we were were friends and we became friends because of the game Final Fantasy 9 because he was reading a magazine one day in like, a, a, like silent reading time and it was a Final Fantasy 9 article and I was like hey man I have that game at home I love that game he was like really I've been dying to play that game and I was like You want to come over today and play the game? He's like, yes! And so we had this connection, and and we remained friends for uh, a long, long time. Uh, But anyway, I love the Final Fantasy games. And I was like a closet nerd, right? I I liked reading comic books. I liked all that stuff. Before, it was cool. Now, being a nerd is totally cool. And it's really weird, because we live in a time where the most popular show is Game of Thrones, which is, like, totally nerd show, right? Josh, how do you just... As a tangent, how do you feel about nerd culture being
1: being mainstream right now? I I'm a geek, so I'm perfectly fine with it. Um but it, it is it has been very interesting because I think and I think we knew this when we were growing up, uh just with the advancements of technology and the internet, it's actually so much more important to be more, to to be more into the nerd realm than ever before that it's just become commonplace. We're like before, before it was, like don't make fun of the nerds because they're gonna be your boss someday. It's like really no, they're, they're the ones that are really good with computers. They're gonna be your boss one day. <laughs> In fact, they are running the world right now. And I, I think that's. I, I, with, with the invention of Facebook and Google and YouTube and all those guys that were just young entrepreneurs, they, they, made, nerd, they made being tech savvy and being, and being interested in stuff like that more attractive for everyone else.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's kind of a cool thing because I think whenever people can enjoy something together, it's a good thing. So anyway, back to Kingdom Hearts, right? This game came out in 2002. When it, when it first came out, my buddy who I was telling you about was all about it. And I was like, oh, dude, seriously, like, we're in sixth grade now, man. Like, we can't be going back and playing Disney games. He's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, this is going to be a good game because there's Final Fantasy characters in it. And I was like, oh, Final Fantasy. Now you got me hooked, right? So I played the first Kingdom Hearts in 2002 and i was like okay this game was pretty fun it was enjoyable the story is kind of wonky and strange and all over the place but it was it was fun and then a couple years later the second kingdom hearts came out and it it had a much more confusing story but i was like okay it was an improvement on the first game it was it was really fun and i was in 8th grade at the time i was 14 years old and and this was like still closet nerd right no one could know i was playing kingdom hearts 2 after i got home from, from track practice, you know So I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 2 Played the game, beat the game And I'm thinking like Oh man, I can't wait for them to make the third one In 2005 This was in 2005 I was like, I can't ma- wait for them to make the third one So then the Playstation 3 came out I was a sophomore in high school I was like, oh man, I bet you that the, the Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to come out on the Playstation 3 In like a year or two And I would be actually very interested to find out if there was even pre-orders for, like, a PlayStation 3 version of that game. Uh, So, anyway, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, it didn't come out any time then. And so I got PlayStation 3, went through the whole PlayStation 3 life cycle, and Kingdom Hearts 3 never came out. There were other Kingdom Hearts games made, like these, um, I guess they would be called offshoot games, but supposedly you need to play them to understand the story before there was the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was Kingdom Hearts. I mean, Square Enix tried this way before way before Marvel and they did not have it anywhere near figured out. So anyway, fast forward in time now, if you would have told me as a 14 year old kid in eighth grade that Kingdom Hearts 3 is not going to come out until you are married and you have three children, I would have been like, man, the next five years of my life are gonna be real messed up. <laughs> But sure enough, it has been 14 years. It has been 14 years. Now, I personally have not picked up the game. I probably won't play it for quite a while. But oh my gosh, 14 years in between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. And I know, like, there's crazy Kingdom Hearts fans out there. Not calling you guys crazy, but very, very, very dedicated Kingdom Hearts fans who will be like, oh, well, no, there's been all these other games. Like, as far as I'm concerned... This one's called Kingdom Hearts 1, this one's called Kingdom Hearts 2, this is Kingdom Hearts 3. And it took 14 years from Kingdom Hearts 2 to Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, But anyway, for for any of you guys who are unfamiliar with the series, it's a game that takes Disney intellectual properties. You have a character, and you kind of go through Disney stories, and you're trying to save the world from darkness. It's actually a game I think would be great for kids. Uh, It's fun. Uh, The graphics for the new one look really good. But, uh, man, I can't believe, I just, I had this moment this week, I was like, holy cow, it really took that long. As an 8th grader, I would have never thought that. And it's probably how, how people felt like when the Star Wars series wrapped up, you know, and they were like, man, they've got to make more of these after Return of the Jedi, right? And then you don't even get a sequel to that trilogy until 2015?
1: No, because the prequels came out in 1999.
0: That's not a sequel, though. I'm just talking about the, a sequel to Luke
1: Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, I, with this whole Kingdom Hearts thing, like I'm finding out people are gamers that I never expected to be gamers because Facebook, Instagram, my feeds, Kingdom Hearts everywhere. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I kind of always thought it was a niche game. Maybe a lot of people were like me, closet <laughs> nerds. And like, now that it's cool to be a nerd, it's like, everyone's like, oh, Kingdom Hearts 3, man. I've been all about this series from the beginning. When I could tell you right now, if you came out, you told someone you were playing Kingdom Hearts 2 in 8th grade, you would have been made fun of up and down those hallways. I'm telling you right now. And now it's cool.
1: <laughs> oh, how times change, Cody.
0: <laughs> no, I'm glad times have changed. I just thought that that was kind of like a funny realization and uh, it's, it's been cool because I actually did install like I, I have the collection the Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 collection for the Playstation 4 and I did install it and it was kind of fun last night I was playing with Leo and he was really into it with the Disney characters and stuff like that uh, so it is kind of fun but the fact that I'll be able to play Kingdom Hearts 3 with my children is just something I would have never thought of 14 years ago <laughs>
1: I love it. Oh,
0: it's great. So, Josh, what, what, do you, what would you say is one of the most anticipated sequels you ever had, but you had to wait longer than you thought you would have to to see it, and then when it came out, you didn't even see it right away or play it right away. Do you have anything
1: like that? Oh, I'm trying to think. It's been a while. I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) Drawing a blank? Okay. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. Okay, I know it. Rainbow Six. Okay. Not 14 years. Okay, it didn't take that long. But, um, so Rainbow Six, tons of games on the PC back in the day. If you went back and played them now, you'd be like, what in the world are these things? Because just graphics did not hold up. Um, But great story. Uh, It's a Tom Clancy game. Um, And I really got into it with the Vegas series. So it was a first-person, third-person hybrid shooter. So pretty much it was like, you were in first-person, but if you needed cover, it went into third-person. You kind of played off of that. And it it was a ton of fun. And... They announced, so so Vegas and Vegas 2 came out for the PS3. And the thing that Rainbow Six games are known for are their single-player campaigns. And it was like, they announced Rainbow Six Patriots. and I have the IGN, not the IGN, the Game Informer magazine, where they, they announced Patriots. And it looked gorgeous. It looked very much like... Um, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Okay. But there's squad play and um, it's a tactical shooter. And then I just remember that was what 2000 and that was a while ago. Um, and then you heard nothing. And maybe two years later, you hear Ubisoft canceled Patriots. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they like a year later, the PS4 had just come out. And they're like, okay, they're bringing a Rainbow Six game. Rainbow Six Siege. And are like, okay. No single player. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't buy a PS4 for the for two years, two, three years. It was a while. I, I played through, I went through PlayStation 3's life cycle to the end. Mm. And then finally, okay, I'm going to get a PS4. And the first game I got for it was Battlefront, and then I picked up Battlefield 4, and then I picked up Rainbow Six. Well, li- my sister gave it to me for a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it, and I'm like, this is completely different. Because no health regeneration, super tactical, very very methodical. Not, it wasn't the arcade shooter it used to be. And, um, and I just remember how glitchy the game was. I Just like the, they ruined it, and now, fast forward, it's been three, four years. It's one of those, It's one of the most played, one of the most consistently played video games that have ever been made, and it is a phenomenal game. It's still super hard to this day, but it's a phenomenal game. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, good for good for uh, the people who make that game, Ubisoft, because I know the game was came out to some negative reception. Uh, and i'm glad that you're still yeah. enjoying it but i will say
1: i will say the other ubisoft property that i really like is ghost recon uh-huh and i loved the og ghost recon on the ps2 and uh, like they had jungle storm and island thunder on the xbox and that was like the most tactical you could get shooter wise Wildlands super disappointed. It plays like Grand Theft Auto and I hate it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's always disappointing when they when when something is made that's part of a franchise you love and it just ruins it. I know uh, for for me it was the the Hobbit movies when when it was announced that they were going to be making a Hobbit movie it was really exciting, right? I, you know me, I love Lord of the Rings. I loved the movies. I've read the books. I get real into it. And then you find out they're making a Hobbit franchise, Hobbit movies, and it's gonna be two movies. And I was like, oh, two movies. That's interesting. I mean, but they could make that work. And then it was announced they're making three movies. I was like, the book's, three movies for the smallest book, right? The book isn't that long. The book's a decent length, but it's probably like an average novel length
1: book. But it, isn't it the shortest one of all Oh, of the yeah, Lord of the Rings? Definitely,
0: stuff? definitely the shortest out of all of Tolkien's works within the Lord of the Rings saga. But then it came out and it was like, "Oh, man." Oh, no. What are you doing? Now, one thing I will say is that Martin Freeman played Bilbo Baggins very well, but the movie just the whole entire time I'm watching it just seemed kind of lost. And there's still movies I'll watch and I'll be like, "Okay, the the special effects are really good, the costume work is really good, and it's, it is imaginative, but it's just one of those things where it's like, man, you took, you took great success with Lord of the Rings, and then you kind of tarnished it, and one of my criticisms of it was too much CGI. Too much CGI, I think, in a movie is just, oh, goodness, it just makes, takes you out of the, I think it makes it less uh, immersive, that's what I'm looking for. That was the word I was looking for. It makes it less immersive when there's too much CGI.
1: Did you see the Hobbit movies? No, I did not. I avoided those. But, yeah, no, um, CGI can kill a movie if it's done poorly. But the thing that's driving me insane right now, entertainment-wise, is all these sandbox video games. I feel like we're just getting way too oversaturated with them. Because it's like they took Assassin's Creed and just said, let's apply this, Assassin's Creed and Grand Theft Auto, and said, let's apply this to every video game, series that we can find. And I'm getting, don't get me started on sandboxes.
0: Yeah, I know for me, I just kind of gave up on those games a long time ago. And for me, I don't have much time to play video games, so if I'm going to play one, it's going to be one that I think is unique or is part of a franchise I really like. So yeah, I don't really get into those sandbox type games unless it's a franchise I really like. I'm trying to think of the last one I played. Oh, the Spider-Man game that came off of Fair PS4. I played that. That's more of like an open world. It's, when I think sandbox, I think of like, um, like a Minecraft type game. Okay. Deal.
1: Okay. So, okay, open world. Like open I, world I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, like Grand Theft Auto. Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed yeah. 2 kind of game. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like you could do anything in any order you want, and then the plot gets super convoluted, and you're just like, wait, what just happened? Because I don't remember this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, those are the types of games that sell, though. They've got fast action. There's lots to do, and it's a marketing thing, right? When you say, this world is so big, or this game is this many hours, or whatever, it's, it's all a marketing thing, and those are games that they can actually shovel out kind of fast because... Not Not to take away from the game development or anything like that, but most of the game, they they build the game mechanics and the graphics and all that, and they get it really polished, and and they do a couple of things really well, but then they take those couple of things and they just repeat them over yeah. and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really play those types of games too much.
1: But, you know, franchise that I miss that used to be like that, and then didn't go like that was SOCOM. Did you ever play the SOCOM games? I played the first one and it was... That was was, the worst one. Well, no. SOCOM 4 was the worst one.
0: It was a little too much for me at the age that I played it. Because I remember I was super excited about the game. And it came out probably when I was in like 4th or 5th grade. Probably 5th grade. And it was just a little bit over my head. I think. I didn't know what I was doing.
1: Okay. Okay. I just... that, That was a... You could, you could do any objective in any order you wanted, but you wanted to be quiet. And it was just a very difficult franchise. And then they came out with... and But it was, you kind of, like, here's your mission area. Do whatever you want in whatever order you want. Just make sure you hit your objectives. And then the last one they came out with was very, like, it was... L- l- it felt very much like a like a battlefield or a Call of Duty campaign, where it's like here's the line you have to run, shoot at the targets as they pop up, don't die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's one it's one thing that I I didn't get into, and kind of talking about how we played how we played games as as kids, in and, and how media in general is kind of consumed now it's funny because I've heard stories about like real grown up adults taking time off of work to play Kingdom Hearts 3 because it just came out I mean obviously you waited 14 years maybe a day's worth it or whatever but it's funny to me because I think this like this binging habit within our culture has, has just kind of trickled into everything uh, it's trickled into obviously Netflix. Netflix is like the the binging dark hole <laughs> of society right now. Not and not just Netflix, but the whole streaming. So the streaming habits that people have, but
1: Netflix's user interface makes it way too easy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like yeah, yeah.
1: you go to Amazon Prime, it's not as easy to binge watch on Amazon, in my opinion, than it is on on Netflix.
0: Okay. I've not, I haven't really paid attention to that. But even just like video games in general. I remember when I was playing games as a kid, I would play for a little bit, turn it off, like do something else. And then that, I'd have the days where I'd like power through games. But that wasn't like something I was doing every day. Whereas I feel like now we live in a time where you can just binge every Everything? day. Everything. Every day. As soon as you get home from work. And, like, whether it's a video game or a movie series
1: well, or a TV show. You mentioned it earlier, Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know how many adults I've heard of? Like, I have a coworker whose husband is currently binging Game of Thrones because he had, he had surgery. And I just remember her, she made the comment. She's like, yeah, I got home after work. And I asked him what he did all day. And apparently, he just watched... An entire season just straight through, (laughs) which for me, I've done that a lot more times than I would like to admit. But at the same time, I just like it gets to the point where it's like, you got to stop watching. Yeah.
0: And for me, like I, I go through, I go through periods of life where I will just watch something all the way through. And Josh has known me for quite a few years. I don't really watch a whole lot of series. I don't really watch a whole lot of shows. But recently, I did get into a massive nostalgia trip. So uh, I had mentioned a couple weeks ago that I had started watching Dragon Ball Z again, and. I got, like, the Dragon Ball Z Kai series, like, the shortened, abridged version of the series, and I plowed through that show. Like, I I was watching it basically in my free time, as much free time as I had. I was doing other things while it was on sometimes. Like, I would be doing some stuff on my computer for, for seminary and stuff. But if I wasn't working... I was probably watching that and it was one of those things where you know, Haas and I were watching it together and it was fun, but then when when we kind of went through the series and I was like, oh my gosh that was a massive waste of time and it, what is cool about it is like I could look at that, the series is over, I'm not looking for the next thing right now where I think Netflix, as soon as you're done with something, it's like Oh, because I like this, it says I will like this. All right. Let's give it a go. And like that's what that's what people have built their life around and it's it's very interesting because like we talked about nerd culture being in the mainstream. I also think some of the uh, the negative habits of of quote-unquote geekdom or nerddom whatever you want to call it have also just trickled into every individual the the binging the staying at home just watching tv and not that that's a totally negative thing but i think that it is not the best thing to be doing all the time and i'm just seeing it more and more and more and more and i don't know i don't know exactly why i transitioned this topic from kingdom hearts but i think it was just because like because people are going to be binging that game because because people are binging it because because people want to Finish it before they hear something on the internet about someone leaking a plot point. And, and at the end of the day, it's like it's it, your life's not going to end if someone right. leaks a plot point or right. you overhear something or whatever, whether it's a video game or a movie or a television series. Like, that's another thing. We've become obsessed with, like, anti-spoilers and um, in, in stuff. And for me, I don't care too much about spoilers. If, if something's spoiled for me, it's like I'll still watch it if it's interesting to me. Because most, most of what I like in a story anyway is the journey there rather than, than the end anyway.
1: Yeah, but it depends on the series. Because, like, if someone spoils Star Wars, I'm going to be mad. Because, like, I want to go to experience it, like, pure. And I just, like, like, imagine being that person who, like, you found out Vader was Luke's father. Spoiler alert, sorry. You found out before you went and saw the movie. And you're just like that's yeah, the that climate. That 1983. I don't think that counts anymore. <laughs> they make T-shirts of that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean, like you know how disappointed you'd be. It's just like, oh, like you ruined the best part of the movie for me. Like I knew this going into it. Now, like, but um, but like I I will list like my sister will say that I binge a lot. But I like because my weakness is I like to listen to documentaries. So I'll just I'll have my headphones in, and I might not look at my screen ever but I'll, I'll have a doc like i love documentaries so i just listen to those and it, i i like it gives me the ability to focus so like that in audiobooks i can focus on things what, like work mm. um thus i apparently binge but like most of the time when i binge it's more of like i'm going to do this like this is the plan i've i've done it like, for example, you can watch an entire season of 24 in, it's like 22, 22 and a half hours. Because <laughs> I've sat through and I've watched an entire season of 24 in one day. <laughs> that is crazy. I've, I've done it on almost every season, though.
0: So, <laughs> so basically, for those of you who don't know, about 24. 24 is a, sh- a show um, that was on from about 2000 to 2009, 2010 and the show follows this guy named Jack Bauer and it's a, a series that each season is a catastrophic event, which how this guy has this many catastrophic events in his career is in and of itself impressive. Um, of these, these terrorist threats and stuff in the the entire season happens over the course of a 24 hour day so the show was supposed to be made in real time so virtually so, josh got the most <laughs> immersive experience possible watching 24 well, because, in one because
1: because you get each episode is 45 minutes without commercials okay and um and it's it's interesting because like my, my dad and I used to watch the show all all the time together When it was like originally airing So you get an hour at a time Over 24 episodes per season And then Just when I was in high school And summers would come around And there was just nothing to do It was just too hot to go outside or something like that, we'd, we'd run over to the library Borrow a season of 24 and just binge it <laughs> And this is on like DVD So you get like 7 DVDs for all these And uh and, and we'd watch through the entire thing And something I didn't notice is Timing wise show doesn't make any sense Because it's like Because like, when you really watch it In 24 hours you're going Wait in LA traffic there's no way he made it From here to here in that much time <laughs>
0: <laughs> That is awesome That is an awesome observation but if you guys have not seen the show 24, I say that to this day, it's probably one of the better television series ever made. Uh, right up there for me with, with Lost. Lost. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast. You I haven't. I, I loved the series Lost, and I still stick by it being an extremely important series because it really did change television. For those of you who love your television series and you love the... Long, drawn-out um, questions that are constantly being raised in a TV show. That was Lost. That was what Lost did, and Lost did it well. Um, but, yeah, that's a series I really enjoyed. For, for the, first, the first three seasons, I wasn't as big a fan of season four. And then season five was awesome. And then the final season was like, no. This is how you're going to end it. This is how you're going to do the final
1: season? No! (laughs) See, your reaction there is my sister's reaction to the season, the series finale of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah,
0: that was just too predictable,
1: I thought. What? I thought it was... Okay, I agree. Like, my sister's perspective on this, and if she ever comes on this thing and talks about it, she...
0: Are you going to go spoilers? Because remember, we talked about spoiler sensitivity. You about to go spoilers? Because do we need to put a warning out there?
1: Spoiler alert to the series finale of How I Met Your Mother. Happy? Yeah. So you spend, was it, 11 seasons? Nine. Is it nine seasons? You spend a lot of time wondering who is... Ted Mosby's wife. Who is the mother that you keep on wondering about? And you get all the way up to second to last episode. You find out who it is. And then you have one episode and they go through her entire life before she dies. And then he ends up with Robin. Which you would have figured out if you realized that every all those opening sequences with the kids were all filmed over the course of a year and a half when the first season came out. So they knew exactly how this was going to go nine seasons before it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where once you see the season finale, it's very easy to then see, okay, this is where they were going all along. The reason the dad is having this long conversation with his kids is because he's finally ready to date or, or see no, someone was, else. And if it's going to be anybody else, it's got to be Robin, you, you
1: know? I, I don't know. I, I just – it was one of those things where it's like – like and that entire last season, it was a build-up to one event, the wedding. And then, like, they get – like, they undo that entire season with one sentence. And you're like, oh, this is kind of disappointing, but.
0: Well, for me, the reason that was disappointing, and, and now we're getting into, you know, super duper spoilers. So if you haven't seen How I Met Your Mother and you don't want the whole entire series spoiled, this well, I'm going to talk about a lot of things about the show. But the the thing that was most upsetting about the the divorce and the split up of the marriage was that I really enjoyed the character development and the character arc of Barney during the final two seasons. Right. I thought that that was some of the best character development done on the show besides the series-long development of Ted. And, And it was really disappointing because... It just didn't work out, and I understand the point they were trying to make is like sometimes marriages don't work out. I understand that. That's the, very post. That I mean, that's very modern, postmodern thinking. But it it was still really. But the reason
1: why the marriage didn't work out was just kind of dumb.
0: Yeah, it wasn't very good. Like
1: there wasn't like a crisis or anything. It was just kind of like they were like, "Well, we're done with this. Let's move on." Like, and it, it just. I don't feel like that was realistic at all. I think, and then the other thing is, like, the entire series, all Ted wants to do is get married. And then he meets this girl at the end, and then they don't get married for years. (laughs) (laughs) They have kids. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to get married. And then right after they get married, she gets cancer. It's just like, yeah. "Mm."
0: Well, I think part of that, too, is, you know, it's hitting the heartbeat of society where Mm. marriage, for a lot of people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, is not as highly valued as it once was, and going along with the narrative that marriage is not the thing that's going to bring you ultimate happiness. It's the being with the right person. And it doesn't matter if you're married or not. It's just a formality. They they really, really hit that with how they decided to end the show. Because it was it was one of those things right where ted's obsessed with getting married the whole entire thing but it was meeting the right person that mattered and changed him not getting married because because he almost got married right and he right. was left at the altar and mm-hmm. then he almost got married again and then he left someone else at the altar so obviously marriage wasn't the answer for ted it was just finding the right person and you know it's that's how society works and at the at the end of the series I still would say, I enjoy the show. I thought it was funny. I thought it was that a great show. I, I loved it. I thought that from beginning to end, it's one of the better sitcoms ever made, uh, mainly because it was one of the first sitcoms that had an overarching narrative of episode one to final episode, where most sitcoms, that was never the focus. Right. Friends kind of began doing that towards the end of the series. And a lot of other sitcoms just didn't really do that. A lot of other sitcoms still to this day don't really do that. And I thought that's what made it what made it special.
1: Now, would you categorize How I Met Your Mother as Our Generation's Friends?
0: No. No? No, no. I, I don't think so, not at all. Because, because Friends was a show that, that I, I saw to be Friends who were friends, and it was about them being friends in New York City. Their their dynamics and their relationships, I thought, from my perspective, were kind of always changing. They were mm-hmm. always changing. Whereas How I Met Your Mother was pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone played their roles really consistently. Marshall and Lily were always together. They were always going to be together. Mm. There was that little spat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they were always together, they were yeah. always gonna be together. And 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 it was a small it was a smaller cast. And I understand the comparisons to friends mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, but there's influence from a bunch of different sitcoms. There's influence from Cheers, there's influence from Friends, there's influence from Seinfeld from Seinfeld, and there's tons tons mm-hmm. of different influences in there and, and I think that was intentional. But I wouldn't say it's our generation's friends i would I would just consider it to be a a good sitcom okay. that tells a good story um, mainly because i like I like to think of things as as unique okay um and I don't think they were trying to copy
1: friends. I really don't i uh, that I did not think that I just that's that's a criticism of how I met your mother that I think is popular um or at least an, a popular opinion about it where to me like you said Friends and How I Met Your Mother are two very different shows and you can't even I I mean that's like saying Big
0: Bang Theory is friends about nerds
1: I haven't watched the Big Bang Theory in a
0: while I mean I haven't really watched it either but I've watched it enough to understand that the shows are pretty different But, but still at the same time, similar, right? Groups, a group of friends, mix of guys and mix of girls. Mm -hmm. They live in New York city. It's a bunch of different
1: episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Or do, Um, are they in LA? They're in LA. They're in like, big city Bernardino or someplace like that. That
0: makes more sense because they're
1: IT guys. I don't don't know what to characterize them. Now. Okay. That was me. Um, sorry. My computer just went off. Uh, so going off of Big Bang Theory real quick. What do you think about just Big Bang Theory has a spin-off called what is it Young Sheldon or something or it's the show about just Sheldon when he was a kid. Yeah. And um Friends had Joey, right? How I Met Your Mother did not have a spin-off, but a lot of other sitcoms have had spin-offs. What do you think about those? Uh don't do them. No. Nope. No, I don't think
0: spinoffs are a great idea, because a spinoff to me, and it depends on the timing of it, a spinoff comes across as a cash grab. I could be wrong in that, and you know, Sheldon, the series Sheldon could be a show that's really good, I haven't watched it, Joey, another show I haven't watched, but... I would say spinoffs in general if you had a good show that had a good fan base and they loved the show leave it be just leave it be let something that was good be something good don't roll the dice and try and do a spinoff because it's not going to be as good because it's probably not going to have the same writers it's definitely not going to have all the same actors and it's just going to be different and people are going to want it to be something else and I often think too spinoffs, sequels, Prequels, epilogues, whatever. Expectations are oftentimes higher than they ought to be on those things, and people just ultimately end up disappointed. I think.
1: Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna bring up the one exception I think to this rule though is Frasier. Because Frasier is a spinoff of Cheers, right? And I thought Frasier, for what it was, not for being a, it was standaloneish, one of the a really good sitcom.
0: Yeah, I liked Frasier as a sitcom. It was a spinoff of Cheers, yes, and but I also think I think I don't know. I could be wrong on this, but I also thought Frasier felt much different. It was. Than, it than was ex- Cheers. It was,
1: and it it was interesting because it's and it felt like a totally unique and different show. It it, it did, um, but what I think Frasier did really well that I don't think The Big Bang Theory does is portray someone with extreme intelligence in a in a favorable and relatable light yeah because i feel like big bang theory kind of exaggerates so much how smart these people are that it's just it's almost comical how they act? Well, I
0: mean, it's supposed to be—it's a sitcom. But
1: but Frazier was a comedy, and at the same time, you watched it and you you related to him, even though you knew he was extremely smart and his brother was extremely smart. And I think part of that was just the acting and the writing, but also just the characters and like their dad being a former police officer and just—I—I I don't know—I thought it was extremely well done for for being a spinoff.
0: Yeah, and I loved Kelsey Grammer in that show. Oh, yeah. I thought he just was he was just great at playing Frasier. I don't know the guy who played the brother in the show, but he played that role extremely well. Mm-hmm. The, the whole dynamic, the dad, the dad, the brother, Frasier, they were all they were all really good at playing their parts. And Fraser's one of my probably one of my favorite favorite sitcoms from I guess you could say yesteryear at, mm-hmm. at this point. Um and they don't they don't make sitcoms like that anymore. No. They Sitcoms basically have have turned into with how I met your mother's success they've turned into um, they've just turned into series comedies com- comedy series rather than actual mm-hmm. sitcoms where right. it's like all right random episode this is what's happening right and in the life of these characters
1: mm-hmm. Okay favorite sitcom
0: uh, that's a tough one for me to decide. Uh, I really like uh, like The Office, and I like Parks and Rec. If you consider those sitcoms, they're more mockumentaries than they are sitcoms, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think they'd still count as a sitcom. And I love I love both of those shows, but I'm probably gonna have to say. I think I'm going to have to say Parks and Rec.
1: Okay. <clears throat> see, that is that is a lot of people's favorites. My favorite? Scrubs.
0: Scrubs I have never watched all the way through. What? No. Okay.
1: If you forget about the last season, it was I thought it was one of the most well-done TV shows I've seen in a very long time.
0: Yeah. See, I've only seen Scrubs piecemeal. I haven't really sat down and watched it. It was... Uh, I don't know why. it was When it came to watching TV, especially the mm-hmm. stuff like Scrubs or, or Friends or anything like that, Frasier, it all depended on what my family was into, what my parents okay. were into. My parents were into Frasier, my parents were into Friends, so I watched that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was about it. That was about it for TV, period. We didn't really watch anything other than those two shows. Um, but anyway, man, we are, we are at over an hour and almost 10 minutes here. So I think we should probably get wrapping it up. We've had some we've had some pretty good discussion on the After Sunday Discussion here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys are staying warm if you're part of the polar vortex. I hope you guys have stayed warm. Hope you guys have stayed healthy. Thank you for checking out this episode of the After Sunday Discussion. As we mentioned earlier, we are going to be getting back on schedule. Also want to thank you guys for bearing with me. Uh, I know I was doing some coughing and some sniffling in the background getting over a cold here. Uh, Also, uh, just if you can, guys, head over to the e43collective.com, e43collective.com. Feel free to share with your friends and family and everybody else you know. Uh, That helps Josh and I get known, and you can check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, the e43collective. And, as always, you guys have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Thank you for listening.